Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying as much as I am uh, hearing some wonderful testimonies from people about what God's done in their life. I read this scripture just this week uh, that really does sum up how I feel about uh, the interviews. It's uh, Psalm 119 verse 24, and it says, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counsellors. I'm certainly learning a lot listening to the wonderful testimonies, and I hope you're enjoying them. This week on the podcast, I interview Pastor Sammy. Now, I was fortunate enough at our recent leadership camp at Karakalinga to be able to catch up with Pastor Sammy, who was visiting Australia all the way from Kenya. He has a great story to tell of how God uh, has changed and blessed both his life, but also the lives of many other people in Kenya and other parts of Africa. Enjoy. Welcome, Pastor Sammy Mwanzia. Did I pronounce it all right? Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> so, Pastor Sammy, you're joining us at the Karakalinga Leadership Camp Yep. from Kenya. Welcome to Australia. Is this the first time you've been to Australia? Oh, no, no. I've, I've been to Australia many times. Many times? But particularly in Karakalinga uh, training camp, or not really the ground. I've been to the ground just to view and to yes. see the camping site. Yes. But to have a meeting here, this is my first uh, so to say, venture, the first time yeah. to have a meeting here. It's great to have you here. Kalinga. Great to have you here. It's good. Yeah. So how did you come to know God? Where did your journey with God start? Well, yeah. Uh, thank you, Ben. Um, it was back in 1990 that actually I came to know the true word of God. But before then, I had wandered in many places and I had gone to many uh, groups, Pentecostals, nominal churches and all that, having been brought up uh, as a Christian. Yes. My mom as called... That's Christian in yeah, inverted. Yeah, inverted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my mom, that's why I got my name, Samuel. Uh, my mom called me Samuel, okay. that I, I would be a man of God and all yes. that kind of thing. But as I grew up, I was looking for the truth. And not until this time, when I was around uh, 27 years old, 1990, early 1990, when I actually knew the truth. Uh, it just started early, I mean, late 1989. And um, Brother Bob Hutton, who is now Pastor Bob, he is in uh, Yorkshire. I know. Yeah, I know, you know him? I know Pastor Bob really well. He oh. was... He was in Mount Gambia. Yes, yes. When exactly. I lived there in oh, Mount Gambia. So yeah. I was a you know, rebellious yeah. teenager. And, and, yeah, that, uh, have, so that must have well. been sometimes 1980 something. That's correct, yeah. And that's, those are the times now when Bob contemplated of coming to Kenya. Yes. He was born there. He yes. left. He left Kenya when he was at the age of 12. And so at this time, he was thinking of just feeling to go somewhere and preach the gospel. And he thought, why not where I was born. Why not Africa? Why not Kenya? Mm. And therefore, he came to Kenya those years, 1989. And at that time, I was really looking for the truth. So I pumped up against some group that was talking about, they were eager looking for the truth as well, and they had just been baptized by Bob. And so I listened to them, and eventually I got in contact with him there. He came and found us, you know, when I was talking to those people, and well, I, I listened to what they had to say, but it didn't 
take me, or I didn't do it properly because I, I was really, I was kind of somehow confused, tossed here and there, looking for the truth. I didn't trust anybody. So including Bob, I didn't trust him. So it took me a little while. So I was coming to that group for some time, about three months. Uh, every time I come and go, I come and go. I was kind of scrutinizing and spying them because I, I suspected maybe there's something wrong. Mm. Yeah, so after all that, eventually I found that, yes, this is true. So how did you see the truth? How did you see the truth in what Bob was preaching yeah, versus that's a, other churches? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. Uh, as I was uh, coming to that group, they had tapes, uh, audio tapes that they were given by Bob from Adelaide. So we had uh, talks from different pastors uh, in Adelaide. Uh, Pastor uh, Steve Harvey, Pastor Rex, Pastor Jock Duncan, Pastor John Coleman, Pastor Paul Noble, uh, Pastor, uh, uh, by the time Pastor Darrell William was also yes. there. Yeah. All these pastors and their talks were there. And most so, of so, them. So, you know, we're doing what we're doing here is just like that. Yeah. Except instead of tape, we're doing it on a podcast. Yeah, good, <laughs> we're just good. sharing the good news. Yes, you know, back in nineteen ninety, <laughs> it was done on a on a audio cassette tape. Yeah, and now we're just sharing the good news over a podcast. It's good. the same it, message. It really works so yeah. well because I, I used to take them home. I used to borrow one after another. Yes, and I was making very good use of them than the group that was that had the tapes. So because I was somehow spying at the same time, very much listening mm. and heeding to them and taking my Bible and going through. At the same time, I was taking the leaflets yes. because they had some leaflets. I, I go with them at home. So going through all this, it convinced me that, yes, it is biblical, everything. So you were lining up what they were saying with what's in the Bible. Yeah, with what is the Bible. Yeah. Because I, list, I had also listened to many others, international so-called speakers, and so I found that this is very elaborate. Mm. It's, it's very particular. It is from the Bible. Mm. They, they don't kind of emphasize by doing funny things, but they are very humble and very, you know, very clear, crystal clear, the Bible. It's about and the content I, of the Bible. Yeah, content. Not, not, so not I liked it. Not about a show. No, it's not, it was not about show. So I liked it. I had never heard such a clear message from anywhere that I had gone to. And so that confused me. And uh, but I said, okay, let me give it a trial. I went to, uh, I want to compare. So I went to a referent where I used to go before. Mm-hmm. Another and, church. Yeah, mm-hmm. another church. Now, now that was a decisive moment because I wanted to make a stand before I do it. As I said, I didn't want to be cheated. So I went to a referent and I said, I want consultation. I said, okay, welcome. And he called another one. There were two elderly men. So they, they called me in their office and kind of interviewing me. And in that interview, they knew that I, I was honestly looking for the truth. And I wanted help. So I asked them such questions as, do you believe in miracles? They said, oh, Yes. And I said, do you believe that what Jesus used to do can really happen today? They said, yes, it can happen, but it depends on one's faith. Then I said, but in the congregation that we have been having here, for the time that I've been here, 
I've never seen, uh, I've never seen you emphasizing about miracles and signs and wonders. They said, "Oh, um, it, it it doesn't. It, we believe it, and and God can do things. God does things in people's lives, but simply, uh, what do you mean?" I said, "Okay, on the wall, there's a there was a post on the on the wall there of a great evangelist known as um, Bonke, Bonke from somewhere in West in Germany." So I said, "Like that man." He, he professes and he talks about, he comes to Kenya and he prays for people and when they have crutches and, you know, people come, oh, I, I could not walk. I can now walk, such things. So do you ever believe that such things are true? He said, yes, uh, we believe that some are, are true. Some maybe people pretend. So, so I say, okay. And do you believe that people can speak in tongues? And we need to speak in tongues. They said, oh, well, speaking in tongues sometimes can be an exaggeration. And it can be a gift. And it doesn't have to come to anyone or everyone. So I said, okay. But I've never heard anybody here in this congregation speaking in tongues. When do people speak in tongues? So they found, oh, my questions were a bit hard to them. Yet I had never received the Holy Spirit, but I had heard all this. But you'd, you'd, you'd seen in the scriptures. Yeah, in the yeah. scriptures, I had seen them, and I found this is true. So they said, "Okay, so please, Sami, tell us what what actually do you want?" I said, "I want to know the truth, and I want to serve God in the true way." They said, "Okay, we are going to pray for you. We need to pray for you, and God will give you that." So now I knelt. Down, they said, kneel down here, and they laid their hands upon me. They said, God help Sami, he wants to serve you. Just lead him and show him uh, what he needs to do, where he needs to go to know the truth. He wants to serve you. And that's all. Then after that, I said to them, okay, good. So now I can go. I said, yes. We are also going. Then we went out together. We followed a route to a shopping center somewhere. And then as we were walking, we came to a state where there's a way leading to this small group of the Revival Fellowship. And I didn't mention this, that along in our conversation, I asked them, what about that group? There's a group that we used to be with here, and uh, one of them was the chief security officer, who was the, our first pastor. And he had been witnessed to, baptized to by Bob, and he was now in charge of the group. And they were very aggressive, preaching the gospel, enthusiastic. So I said to this man, what do you think about that group? Uh, they said, oh, Sami, we cannot recommend you to go to any other group like um, Baptist Church. They named a few of some nominal churches and a few of some other Pentecostal churches, but they said, but not to that group. I said, why? They said, oh, those group, that group is, that's like just a confused lot. Uh, they, were, they were part of us, and uh, they don't, now they don't really come. And uh, recently they came here with a white man, and they were talking of things like uh, to be baptized, you know, and speaking in tongues. And so they are confused a lot. So by the time we walked out, and we are walking, and we went to a, a way where there was a division now, 
which was leading to where this group was. And they said, okay, I, I need to, I'm going to follow this. Then they said, okay, where are you going? I said, I'm going to that group. Then they asked me, but why? We have just told you and want you not to go there. I said, yes, but you have also prayed to God to lead me, to show me where to go. So I believe uh, your prayer will work out, but I also have to make a stand. So believe and trust that nobody can deceive me, but I'm looking for the truth. So they, they looked at me, they said, okay. So you're going there? I said, yes, I'm going there. So when did you receive the Holy Spirit? When were you back now, there? after going there, because I had been really um, very hard and undermined to them, they thought I'm stubborn. I don't want to do anything. But deep within me, I had already been convinced and all suspicion had gone out. Wow. But I knew this is the truth. One other thing that had really struck me is that these were men that I knew for a long time. They had never been to a theological college. They are not well learned. But when I come there, I sit there, the way they are talking to everyone, and they're praying for people. And as I watch, God, God fills them with the Holy Spirit. Because I, as they pray, I was just you know, opening my eyes and looking at them. Sometimes I would come closer and look. And I would find that, yeah, there are people who would come. They are, they are in pretense, but they would be cancelled. That we are not joking here. This is serious. And then with time, I found ah, that person starts speaking in tongues. And that person is surprised. He said, oh, what is that? I can't believe it. My lip, my tongue started vibrating and I, and I felt this. And that. That's it. So now, having watched them for period of about three months coming there, I was convinced. Now, but I wanted to try it without this theological so-called reference, but I found that they had nothing to offer. They couldn't help me. I didn't want to hide it from them. I wanted to make my stand, which I did. So when I came, um, now this man, I stayed there for that whole day and I thought, now I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit. But before that happened, these men, as we were talking, they, they didn't even want to talk to me. They were kind of fed up with me. They thought I would never do anything. So when the, the, the chief security officer came, who, who were in his house, he was told about all that happened in the day. We baptized these people, prayed with this one. Oh, very enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually he asked, and what about Sami? They said, oh, you know, Sami, Sami will never do anything. So what do we do? So he looked at me. He was an ex-policeman. He said, you, Sami, is that right? So he went into this, this room. I was wondering, what is he going to pick? Maybe he's going to pick a cane or something. <laughs> <laughs> so he came out. With the two you, Bibles. You were a bit suspicious, weren't you? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was wondering, why, why Why did he go so hastily? And then he comes, he's not, he's angry, kind of. He comes, he hands me over one Bible, out this one. And he had the other one. He said, okay, sit down here. He said to me, now, ask me any question. Anything that you are doubt, doubtful of, 
and I'll answer all your questions. And if, if out, I had, out of the Bible, yeah, out of the Bible. And if you if if you, all your questions are answered and addressed, you have to do something. If you don't do anything, never come here. Okay. <laughs> Fair, so in, yeah, fair request, isn't it? Yeah. So I thought, oh, this man. I was kind of saying, oh, I was actually laughing. I said, I was in within myself. Said, oh, this man, having been a policeman, he doesn't know. You does know, he think that this is the way to preach the gospel? You can't push me that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he said, Sammy, I'm serious. Sit down. Okay. So I said, okay. So he against me now. Through the scripture, he went on, and at the end. He asked me, now, do you have another question? I said, no. Are you convinced? I said, oh, yes, I am convinced. So why don't you do what is needed? Maybe now we can pray for the Holy Spirit. Mm. I said, oh, well, I'll, uh, maybe some other. No, no. He took us to sit down here. Let's pray. <laughs> well, because I had my own uh, short, short givings and some other things that I, I thought, I was not really ready for it. But I started saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. I was trying to hunk you with him. Why don't we do this? And I told me, no, leave alone. And I said, okay, pray for me, please. Pray for me a, a sinner's prayer so that God can forgive me. He said, that's nonsense. Just call upon the name of the Lord. And, oh God, I... and all along, I had made it clear to them I will never go back to the water's baptism because I was already baptized in water by immersion when I was fully grown. So I, I can't go back to the water's baptism second time. So in all this condition, it was still coming to my mind. And, oh. So I never received the Holy Spirit. From there, I went home. And on my home now, I said, I said no, it cannot happen this way. Uh, I said, what's wrong with me? I need to be humble. The scripture is quite clear. Maybe my head. Mm. I, I need to be humble. Mm. So I said, okay, I, I will pray and fast for many days. And I'll torture myself so that God can have mercy upon me. One thing I know now is that I've never received the Holy Spirit. And I should have the Holy Spirit. All the scriptures that be read to me about if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're none of this, all this that you need the Holy Spirit, it's the power of God, he's a teacher, he needs to lead you, all this. So you knew it I was knew. about getting your mind yeah. right. And it was pushing me to the wall. So mm. I was really conflicted. So I went to I said to my brother, who who actually who were staying together, but it was not for the gospel as such. So he couldn't understand what I'm saying to him. I said, I need to I want to sleep on my own in a, in a separate room where there's no bed, there's no wall. I want just to sleep, to sleep on the floor. I, what, all I need is a mat there. I didn't want to have a, comfort, a comfortable sleep. I wanted to pray the whole night. I thought that is what would uh, maybe appease, appeal, <laughs> appease God. <laughs> so I went there, I knelt down there, and I started now praying. And as I was praying, I thought I would pray the whole night following, but I couldn't make it. Just within a few few minutes, I was asleep. Kneeling down and, you know, stooping down there, then I, I went asleep. So God knew all the conditions that I had heard from the Pentecostals, because I had, I had been told that when anybody is filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you have to fall. Sometimes the the hair would stand on end on your head. So, so strange things. They make up all these elaborate yeah, things. <laughs> kind yeah. of things. So, so these things were confusing me. When will the Holy Spirit come? How will he come? Which position should I be in, you know? But now there's this other thing about saying hallelujah, hallelujah. I actually argued with the, with the chief security officer. Why do I have to say hallelujah? Why? Because in the day of Pentecost, they were not saying hallelujah. I was, I was a nut, to tell you. <laughs> but then as I was there, when I went asleep, all of a sudden, something happened. Without my realization, when I opened my eyes, the reason why I woke up is I, I was just vibrating. I mean, my lips and my tongue, they started bubbling. Then, then I woke up and I found it was not out of my control. I could not stop it, but it was bubbling. Then I, I started now talking and speaking. I went on. And I felt a lot of relief from within. I felt relieved. And also, some, as if something had been taken out from my shoulders, a real burden. So I felt elevated and I was happy, very happy. And I went on praying and yeah. speaking in tongues for a long time. But there was nobody to hear me. There was nobody that I could tell. It was already in the dark. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I didn't spend the whole night praying as I thought. It's not something you win, is it? No, it's not something that I, that I win because of yeah. torturing myself. Yeah. It is so simple. Exactly. But it is only God who can answer. Yes. So I, uh, the following morning, very early in the morning, I woke up. I bent my way. I headed to that group again. And, but the chief security officer was already at work. He used to work at night time sometimes. So he had not reported yet. So I found the others there, ready, talking to people. I said to them, now, I'm ready to be baptized. They looked at me. They thought, oh, I'm joking. That's not Sammy. We know you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Sammy? Uh, I said to them, actually, I'm serious. And I received the Holy Spirit last night. I, I spoke in tongues. Mm. They thought, I'm still joking. And then I told them, please, I need to be baptized. So they said, are you serious, son? We have been talking to you. You said you never. I said, I said to them, yes, but now it is me who has been foolish. I know that. I, I need to humble myself. This is the truth. The former baptism did not help me. But now I have to rectify my way. I have to start again. I have to renew my life. And I've, I've been convinced that it, it has got something to do with a new birth, renewal, which means burying my old life yes. and all that confusion. I want to start afresh. And I'm serious. So they said, oh, it is, you are serious, Sammy? I said, yes. So they prepared a water tank somewhere. Yes. And uh, they gave some clothes for me to change. And I changed. And I came out. They thought, yes, you're serious. Okay. I went into the town. They put me there. Of course, they led me, uh, confession and all that. When I came out, they had me speak 
clear language, clear tongue, very well. And they, they applauded. Oh, God, he thank you. They said, thank you. And then they said, Sammy, welcome. So now by the time the chief security came, he found me, he was told, you know what? <laughs> Sammy is baptized and he received the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I bet he was never expecting that. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> so, so, what happened? so did your life change? Oh, that? yes, uh, of course. Then I, uh, from that moment, uh, one thing that I realized, started realizing is that there are things that happened shortly after. Uh, one of them is that after some while, my sister, my eldest sister, fell sick. And she was against me doing all this or preaching the gospel. And she had heard about my baptism and all that. But I didn't know much. So I went to visit her. So she was sick on her bed. And, well, when I looked at her, she was really sick. And I didn't know a lot of scripture. But I just quoted Mark 16. Yes. And uh, I took courage. I said, I want to see this. And I, I locked the door. And I laid my hands upon her. And, well, I just burst in tongues. She was somehow confused because she had never heard anybody speak such things. You thought, this, 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 this brother, is, my brother is mad or something. <laughs> but then I prayed for her and I left. Now, some years later, I, I, I witnessed that uh, by her saying that after I prayed for her that time, she, she was somehow torn into... She was torn apart. She couldn't believe what, I, what had happened. Because immediately I prayed and I went. She felt some, you know, all of a sudden in her body, a lot of strength come. And then she, she woke up and she was healed. But she didn't want to admit that time. Until she was struggling because she thought, I've got some magic or something. Yes. Now, she came to confess when she had already been baptized and received the Holy Spirit. After listening to the gospel, she came to, uh, to, to confess and witness how that kind of healing uh, kind of surprised her. And the way I was talking when I was praying, it, it just left her flabbergasted. What's this? So how long after her healing was it before she came to receive um, the Holy Spirit? Well, it, it just happened within period of time because that was, I came to the Lord in January and um, should have been sometimes in April or March there. And then in um, July, I went home and that's when I became a pastor. Yeah. I became a pastor when I was uh, six months in the Lord. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so another time about after being in the Lord for a period of three months, I felt sick, and this kind of sickness was was a bit unique. All the time during the May, the month of April, I used to fall sick, and uh, such that I could not eat anything, and my diaphragm uh, was kind of uh, painful. Your diaphragm, so when you're breathing, yeah, yeah everything, right. and whenever I eat anything, I just vomited. Wow! And, and that time, that, that that one happened, and. 
I was on my bed and I called for brothers to come and pray for me. They did. And after some time, well, I, because there are others who are telling me someone has got to come and use a glass or something to pull the diaphragm, which also was done, but nothing was happening. I, I was really down. I could not eat anything. Yes. So at that time, as I was there with the, because we used to share one bed, my, I mean, one room with my brother. And that time he had to sleep closer to me because I was seriously sick. And he was wondering because it's not my, in my life, it's not usual for me to be, uh, I, I'm, I'm a person who likes food, you know. <laughs> so that time I couldn't. If I drink it or eat anything, I just wow. vomit. Wow. And I lost my appetite. So at that time, as I was sleeping there, I thought, but I, I believe now in miracles and God has given me the power. So why is it, is this thing disturbing me? Why, why should it, that kind of happen to me? Why should this happen to me? So as I was thinking about this again, I slept and my brother came and slept next to me. And then he was there, he knew that I was, I was growing, you know, weak and weak. I could not eat anything. But sometimes in the night, uh, the same, the same way that I received the Holy Spirit, something happened. My tongue and my lips started vibrating again without my realization. Then I, when I woke up, I was speaking in tongues. Yes. And when I woke up, immediately in my diaphragm. I felt as if somebody had poured or something had been poured there, very cold. Then I woke up and I was speaking in tongues. Then I, w I had to strike my brother and said to him, hello, yes. I said to him, did you hear that? He said, what? Did you hear what I, the way I was talking? He said, no. I said to him, I'm healed. He thought I'm crazy. And the kind of this kind of recurring sickness every April and my death from all that, you never hear about it again. Again. Wow. How, how many years ago was that now? Uh, yeah, I was now 27 years yes. old. And it, it was scarring every year at that time. Wow. So, and, and it had come to my mind that maybe that's the time I was born. And mm. maybe mm. something. Mm. Strange, biological or genetically, I don't know. Yeah. But then I said, that's the end. And then I said to him, you know what? Now you can get up, prepare something for me. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. And then, because that's what he wanted. He woke up and looked at me, said, you, you, you mean you can? I said, yes. Then he did it. He prepared a porridge and I took it and I was sweating. I took a lot of it. I didn't form it. And I said to him, that's it, I'm healed. Fantastic. You never hear anything. And those, those occasions, they really gave me a very good, you know, uh, stretch of faith to really believe in the truth and say that God is there and I, I will ever stand for him. I can't imagine that's the last healing. Now, you've seen, I imagine you've seen a lot. Since I have then. seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen in the, uh, a lot in the Lord. Actually, um, as I said, after six months, uh, Pastor Brian 
Bob Hutton, because they, they were the ones now who were involved. Because when, when Bob now preached the gospel, he came over, he brought his pastor uh, from Mount Gambia, who was Brian. now Pastor Brian. Very well. So he came along with him. And he started coming in other pastors, from, uh, particularly from Adelaide. Yes. So uh, this time, our liaison pastor was um, Pastor Victor Samalenko from Townsville. But they were with Pastor Brian and Bob. So they suggested that I should be, uh, I should go home and look after a small group that uh, our pastor. Ed so Whitman's home was group. your hometown, was it? Or? Um, no, I, I was, my home is, was in the village. Right. But we are staying in the second biggest town in uh, Kenya. That's Mombasa. I was asked now to leave and go to the village to uh, look after this small group, which um, to me, it was another test. And the first test of, of its kind, I had never contemplated, one, of becoming pastor. Two, I had left the village to go to town to mend or to, 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 to fend for my life. And I, there are things that I was doing there which I wouldn't do in the village. And so to go to the village would just mean to have my life and give it to the dogs or just throw it away. There was no survival. Why couldn't you go back to your village? Well, in the village, one, a means of livelihood. Um, I would also, I mean, like, it's like you when you are told now to go to the, to the land where the Aboriginals are living. Yes. There. What, what are you going to do there? There's no shop, no what, no survival, and there are no rains when you grow there. Right. So, but there are people they are surviving, but you find that it's very hard. Very it's tough, you, yeah. you need to be accustomed to that kind of life. And for you to live some things that you are doing in a city. I'm a city boy. Yeah, a city boy. Yeah. And just go there. And for the sake of the gospel, I just thought, looked at these pastors and thought they are crazy. They don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. You know? And, <laughs> and I queued with them, actually. And um, they, they were all the times telling me. And one other thing, I, because I had gone to my, the village and I'd seen my father, my mother, my youngest brother had got married. And so my father was trying to push me. My parents were pushing me to get married. I didn't want to. I was uh, at the age of, uh, that was at the age of 27. Yes. And I, I was not ready for marriage. They, just, they were pushing me into it and I didn't want to. Yes. I, I was doing some, uh, you know, studies in the, in the town. Yes. At the same time, doing my own business. I was sponsoring myself in all this. And so they wanted me to leave everything there and, and go to the village. So I tried to tell them there's no survival. I cannot. And then I, I said, okay, one thing. In the village, if anybody else goes there and he looks after these people, I will support them, but not me. I'll support them financially or anywhere, but not me. I cannot go there. Simply, I'm not, I cannot survive. And, and another way, another, another type, I was also fearing the clergy, the, 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 the religious leaders. Oh, the clergy. Yeah, yeah the clergy, like yeah. I used to be very close to them <clears throat> in the village, yes. and they had brought me up yes. to some extent. I had, I had, I, I had kind of uh, stayed with them and held them with high esteem. Yes. At the same time, they respected me, but I knew the gospel that I have now, yes. I cannot compromise. Yes. So if I go there now, I will have a very hard time with them. 
which I didn't want at that time. I, want, I wanted to take time to prepare myself. But all of this, I gave them about seven, seven reasons, which they all turned down. Yes. Again, in the village, there was witchcraft. There was all this kind of animosities, people aiding one another, village against, I mean, family against family. And when I go there, maybe they might do very bad things to me. So eventually they said, Sami, we know, we are convinced that you can go and you can make it there. <clears throat> but you have said, because my final word was, please, I am not ready. I'll not go. So they looked at me. They thought that I'm a potential. I'm so good. So, so one of them looked at me and said, remember, remember what Jonah did. And that was the last word. So we spent the rest of the day with them because I was translating for them, whatever they were. Yes. But as I was doing this, I was really in a hell. I had a very hard time again. I felt as if the whole, the whole, the whole world is on, on me now. Yes. And I was asking myself, what's the meaning of life? What if I die now? I was looking for the truth. I've got the truth now. And now I've been sent or has to go and help some people somewhere. And I don't want to go there because I want to lead, um, you know, the life that I want to lead. And maybe God wants me to go somewhere that he wants to lead me and show me to help others. Mm. And because of my own, you know, my own welfare or my own life that I want, I turned it down. And so as much as I thought about this, those words kept on coming to me. Remember what Jonah did. Remember what Jonah did. So I wasn't happy again. <laughs> and then uh, at the end of the day, now I looked at them. And they, in fact, they didn't even want to, to speak to me so much because they thought this man is just a difficult man. We, never, we thought that, that he's. <laughs> so eventually I looked, I said, gentlemen, Say yes, please, sir, listen to me. Oh, yes. I said, um, I am ready to go. He said, oh, yes. I said, just hold on. I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to die. Either by an arrow. Yes. Or of famine. Or anything else. I know. It is going to be tough. But if I die, let me die. So they saw, oh, but as much as they were rejoicing, I was not. I said, simply that. So that was the beginning. They took me to the village. Pastor Brian and Bob said, we are going to take you to your father and mother. We'll explain it to them so that they understand why you've come there, which they did. But the moment, the day we got in the village, I was coming to look for a group which was uh, about 10 or so. It was far from my village. And there was another uh, pastor there who had offered to do it, but he had to come back to Mombasa because he originally did not come from there. And they thought, because I am the one who, is, who comes from that area, people would uh, understand more 
which of course they had, they had uh, tried to to be with us and there they they had uh, seen and, and I, they had seen that uh, I'm the right person to go there. So so when we got there the first day, we got in the village very early in the morning. People came. They all came to see because we had a trooper. I mean, uh, it was, I think it was Isuzu trooper, four-wheel drive. Yes. And, and they, those were rare, yes. rare vehicles those days in, in the village. So everyone, they all came running and coming to see. And people came. So now, we started now preaching the gospel. Uh, I was translating. Yes. And Pastor Brian started talking. And we went on. And at the end, people were aligned there for prayer. Fantastic. So they came with various uh, needs and they wanted to pray. One, to receive the Holy Spirit. Two, for any healings and overcoming in their lives. So uh, about 50, uh, 58 people received the Holy Spirit. From around your village? From my village. Wow. Very, very village. Wow. So I was coming to look for another group, but <laughs> right there on the doorstep. So did you finally realize that God wanted you there? <laughs> Oh, yes. I, I realized, I tell you, I, I realized, I knew that uh, I was convinced that from that time, yeah. many things happened that really convinced me that God wants, wanted me there. So how many people in the church overall in Kenya now? Um, well, uh, before, before I, say, I, I tell you the number, that time there was a great miracle that happened, which prompted many people to come. There was a young man uh, at the age of 17, who had dropped from school. And the mother was a treasurer in another church. So she came along, she said, she wants healing because this son dropped from school. The hango was a witch doctor. Right. And uh, he is tormented by spirits. He cannot continue the school. And whenever he goes, uh, he cannot even see anything. And the spirit stopped him, he couldn't. So he had, he had to sleep when the lights were on and uh, some things were bought to appease the spirits. Yeah. And so he couldn't continue the schooling. He had dropped at the, at the year seven. And so the mother said, if my son is healed, then I'll know this is the truth. And I would come. And so we prayed for that son. And that son was healed. Eventually we baptized him, he received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then everything changed. Of course. So the mother took the money, uh, and she took to the pastor and said, I was a treasurer, now I know where to go. She also came, was baptized. And most of the family members, they all came. And they are still there, very strong. The man now went back to school. He went on to finish his uh, primary and high school. He's one of the leaders. Actually, uh, he has been very good uh, area leader. He's one of the pastors that we are appointing. From here, I'm going to appoint 16 pastors. He's one of them. So... He has got a very good testimony. And many other things happened from that village about that um, witch doctor and those people who are related to him. There's, there are, we have so many miracles that happened here. If I had time to tell you, uh, 
you know, it will take. But we have, I, I have a number of about two, three, four, five whose lives were completely transformed. Because one of them was also a witch doctor. Yes. He's a brother in the Lord, very strong. Another one uh, was every firstborn of the brothers to that witch doctor had something peculiar that they, they were destined to become witch doctors as well. They had all these spirits tormenting them, but they were freed. And, and now they are very firm and strong. And they, they have influenced and be able to preach the gospel. And now we changed everything, you know, about the village. And eventually I buried the witch doctor. You know, I buried the witch doctor. But before, before everything has happened, the witch doctor himself, he had three wives, and the children could not come to the Lord because they were afraid of all these spirits. They are things that they used to do, rituals and all that. And there's these two daughters, uh, daughters of different wives, they were baptized and received the Holy Spirit. And as they started coming to our meeting, they were stopped by the father and tortured and by the rest of the family, but they could not stop. They had made a stand. And one time, as this was being done, he used to have every year another witch doctor come, and they would all go to the one room, and they would do some things, uh, some rituals. But this one time, when it happened that they had been baptized, he brought this witch doctor, and they said, everybody go there. The two sisters said, no, we're not going there. And they were teenagers. But then it was harsh. And he pushed them inside. So when the witch doctor came, he went in and he started doing his own thing. So after a while, the, the other man said that my spirits cannot work. They are powerless. Then he said, so why? He said, here in this room, there are two individuals who have got a very powerful spirit. But by the time he pushed them in, they went to, so they went to, each one went to Hanuk and they started praying in tongues, slowly. So when the man came, he said, you see that lady over there is, and that one over there is, I, have, I cannot do anything, I cannot operate anything when they're here. They have got a very strong spirit, very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, so he asked, so what do we do? He said, please, you have to let them out. Let them get out. If they are not get, going to get out, we can't do anything. So the man was surprised. He said, so and so, okay, get out. When they got out, they, they did all, everything else. After that, he warned everyone else never to go to that church. But he said, from today, let nobody say or do anything against so-and-so. I have just given them authority to go on worshiping their God. I know their God can protect them. Their God, because the they, they story, that what, what he, he was doing to the villages, he was protecting them. Mm. But these ones, they didn't want that kind of protection. They already had protection. And that was put into his realization that they are more protected than, than he can protect them. But even so that's not that's not something yeah. many people in Australia would have any 
understand it. I know they we can, don't have any witch doctors. They can't understand. Or, or, in the Western yeah. world, yeah, they not, cannot understand it's not something that, yeah. I, I, But when you look in the early days and even the times of Jesus Christ, we had people with uh, familiar spirits. We had people who were tormented by spirits and uh, evil spirits and all that. We had magicians, sorcerers. sorcerers. They are still there, everywhere. But especially in the third world, there are so many. They perform some miracles, you know. But whenever they come, um, you know, they come against the Holy Spirit, that's their hand. Because it's quite different. The Holy Spirit gives, you know, assurance and power and freedom. And he doesn't have to know everything about all these things. And truth and it's goodness. God. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that was a great testimony. And eventually, uh, I am the one who buried that man. And I also burned everything. The car Sorry, you, mar- you married him? Several? I buried, I buried him. Buried him. After right. he died. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so the rest of his family came to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And I burned everything about him. And that was the end of it. Then eventually his son, now who was left as a witch doctor, he also fought. He fought a great war, but eventually he called us. He said, mm. I have surrendered. Mm. I know this is truth. Mm. So I can imagine you've seen lots of other miracles, people being healed of lots of you know, different ailments and yeah. stuff. I've, I've heard lots of stories from Pastor <laughs> Bob and Pastor Bob and yeah, of course. Nathan and other people that have visited. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many, many, many things that we... We, we can hear of and tell. You need to come to Kenya and listen. And <laughs> I'd love to come to Kenya. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, so do you have a rally there? Do you have? Do you yeah, have we have a rally uh, every August. Okay. Initially, we started as a national rally, but yes. now we have uh, given it another name because we also welcome other other people from Africa. It's Pan-African Rally. So Pan-African Rally with all of our fellowships from different yeah. parts of Africa. Yeah, all, yeah, from all other parts of Africa. Okay. Especially the others, are, they are leaders, but mainly Kenyans are the ones who are the hosts and most of them are from Kenya. But yeah. we have leaders from elsewhere. Yeah. And how but many people in Kenya are in the fellowship? Now they're about, uh, at the moment, we're having, the tallying is about uh, 1,500. Wow. Yeah. And then plus children, of course, over 16, yes. 1,600 years. Yeah, well, wow, that's a lot of people. Yeah, we, we, uh, we, we hope and we are looking ahead to have more and fast new territories and new avenues and new strategies approaching the gospel as we get experienced. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, it's great. It was great to have you here in Australia. Thank you. Um, now... This this uh, this August we're having a group of uh, many many young, oh, well not really young, but we're having some men and women from Australia okay. coming to Kenya. They would like to attend the Pan African Valley, uh, more than twenty or so. So wow. we we're expecting a good time with them. And how do they find out about that? Do you have a website or something? Or? Uh, well, we have one brother, Nigel. Nigel. Yeah, who is organizing and okay. uh, we have been in contact. And so they would like to come and see both uh, wildlife and have a good time in Kenya and participate in our in an outreach or some outreaches and help us because we would use them as a bait. Yeah. And, and they would also enjoy preaching the gospel. Use them as a... Bait. Bait. Yeah. I've heard this term before. When I went to Papua New Guinea, <laughs> I got labelled 
They yeah. called me white bait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> use them as bait. Yeah, use them as white bait. <laughs> Metaphor- metaphorical bait for those <laughs> bait for those that are listening. Yeah. Uh, just because I assume people stand out, you know, because they're not locals, they'd stand out. Yeah, of course. When they yeah. see white men, yes. they've come. Yeah. And uh, they would listen more okay. than the local. I mean, when they listen to the locals, that yeah. they think, oh, he must have oh, something special. different over there. Let's different, go and yeah, have a look. Something yeah, different. So yeah, good. They would more appreciate it when they hear from a white man than their local <laughs> African man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing your yeah. testimony. Um, you've got a favorite scripture for us? Oh, yes. Um, well, I love, I've got a number of them. But this, this one which inspires me so much. Uh, this is talking about um, where we have to get our strength. And whenever things happen and uh, we feel we are down, there's always inspiration when we trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's in Isaiah chapter 40, yes. first that one. And which of course says that they, them that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, just like he goes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's a I great like scripture. It. Yeah. You really picture it, can't you? You know, just, you know, the, the, the majesty of the eagle. Yeah, the majesty of the eagles. And, and now that that's now when we are children of God and we are depending on him, we don't depend on our strength. When at times uh, we are down, instead of being overtaken, we can, we really renew, have a new strength altogether. So looking at the eagles and how how, how they renew their, their strength, they become like new, young, strong, I mean, new, new young, young young eagles again. Mm-hmm. It gives and you... They, and they soar above this world, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Sammy. Yeah, welcome, Ben. I really appreciate ben. you spending your time with us. Thank you. Fantastic, hey? You might have heard Pastor Sammy mention Pastor Brian from Mount Cambia. You're also going to find in a future episode that I also interview Pastor Brian. So make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss that episode as well. If you want to know more about how to come to know God and how to experience the proof that it's in the Bible, visit www.therevivalfellowship.com. Until next time, God bless.